I didn't even give you a, a verse to go by. Did I go to First Kings chapter 19. Nineteen. I think we're going to say praise and worship to the end because I, I I want you to be able to rejoice in the word that God will give you, and I want that I want your praise and your worship to be the water to the seed. I don't know if I'm feeling out of place. If I'm, I don't know. You there yet, young man? Nineteen. Turn me up, and that way he can hear me because I know he's young and he ain't got good ears. <laughs> First Kings, chapter nineteen. Chapter 19, we'll start there and then we'll walk through it. And before you even automatically assume this is what I'm talking about, we ain't talking about no Jezebel. You don't have to keep preaching and teaching on that spirit. After you expose it, it's all that needs to be done. That spirit will walk away eventually. Don't give it anything to to breed with. All right, First Kings nineteen. Let me. God, how do you want to do this? Because I don't. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. I mean, we're we're at the. Whoo, you can turn one set of them things off. There you go. We're at the. I don't like saying the climax. Of Elijah's ministry, but we're, man, we are at the top. Of Elijah's ministry, right here. I mean, this guy had just come to Mount Carmel and has disposed of 400 and some prophets. He called down fire from heaven in such a manner that it would cause any man to be in awe. So this is what I want you to remember because there's there's a time in your life and my life that we feel that we're at the top of our game. Everything's good. The marriage, the money, and the ministry. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, man, I I could preach on that right there because they said it and he saw it. Seesaw. He arose and ran for his life. 
and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. Now, understand, this is, this is about 80 or so miles. And he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, a juniper tree. And he prayed that he might die. And said, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life. For I'm no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under the broom tree, the juniper tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And actually that word touched him means to slap. It's not just a... This wasn't that pleasant awakening you had this morning. Okay. And he said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals, hot rocks, and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. Anytime that you see Mount Horeb, that's in the desert, that's where God spoke. Any anytime you see God speaking to man and that especially in the Old Testament, it was at Mount Oreb, Mount Sinai. It's the mountain of God. That's where God spoke. So God's got defined places that He speaks to people. God, that was a gold nugget for me. I'll put it in my pocket. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And we'll stop there. What are you doing here, Elijah? I was sitting in the office this morning and I'm trying to figure out because I know how much Tommy really loves titles. <laughs> and do y'all understand that he likes titles just so that he can put them in his computer? Everything is alphabetized according to I, y'all don't y'all don't know what I deal with back there. It's all alphabetized, it's by series, then it's by sermon. The dude's crazy. But that's why he beats me up. 
And I was sitting in there this morning, and I'm reading this, and I'm going, God, I, I don't know where you're going with it. I don't even know what you want to say about it. And then the title came to me, Living from the Inside. Father, this morning, I'm, I'm asking for a grace that's needed in a way that I'm not sure that I've ever stood in front of you and asked for. God, I'm asking that your spirit, Father, would anoint these words that would till the ground of your people in their hearts. God, that this seed would fall on a soil that was ready to receive it. Father, we in our life, we need, we need time. We need attention. We need hope. We need you. So, Father, this morning I would ask that that time be now. So, Father, unveil your truths to us. Teach us and guide us in the way that you would light our paths. And, Father, that you would call us. And, Father, we'll give you all the glory. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. I think that uh, more often than not, <laughs> Christian people, or I'm just going to say people in general. I'm not going to pick on Christian. I'm going I'm I'm to I'm talk to people. But I believe that more often than not, we can have a moment in our life that causes us to lift or calls us emotionally to be heightened. The only issue with that is that when we get to that point, we don't live there. We're not living in the height of our moment. It's just an experience. We, we come to church and we get a goosebump, we get a feel, and we go home and we're living right back where we were before we came. We, we go to a concert and, man, it has been a bad day, but we get to the concert and the music and the lights and the fellowship with our friends and, and we've got a heightened moment again in our life and we go home and we're living right back in the same life that we were living before we went to that point in time in our life. And we often, and we're still in the series, The Other Side of the Street. So I want you to think of this on the other side of the street. Because what we look at, we look at Elijah, this, this prophet of God, this man that can... This man that looked and told a king, it's not going to rain until I. That's a bad dude. When, when, you, when you know that you've got such a relationship with God Almighty that whatever it is that you speak, he backs. That, this is the guy we're talking about. So we're not talking about a pansy 
in the Spirit. We're not talking to somebody, well, I'm going to pray and give me 40 days and I'll come back to you. He said, if I say it ain't going to rain, it just ain't going to rain. And it didn't. And he's, he outruns chariots. This dude calls down fire. I mean, this guy was, he was the epitome of a prophet. He was the one that everybody wants to be like. Even though Elisha got double portion. Everybody's still after Elijah. Because he was known. This dude was bad. And he's at the top and the peak of his ministry. And everything is just running as he had called it. Man, it's good. Life was good. On the outside. Kind of like some of you this morning when you met the friendly faces at the door and you shook their hands and they said, hey, good morning, how are you? And you said, oh, I'm blessed. And as you walked away, you said, yeah, I'm, I'm so blessed, all right. Because we live from the inside. Oh, we give them face. I let you see the facade when I shook your hand and give you the fake grin. And inside the whole time, my heart is screaming because it's in such a place. Doesn't know how to get out of it. Elijah gets this word from messengers that says, I'm going to do to you just like you done to them, and it's going to be worse. He hears it, and he takes off running. See, that, that's how we can be in our life if we aren't careful and if we aren't ministering to what really ails us. We think church, we think church is the balm of Gilead. How is it we can come to church and go home back to the same place that we were before we came? I think we all deal with something on the inside that we don't. Huh. Church has caused us to manipulate the truth so that we might present. I'm not going to say we present a lie because it would offend you because you're saved and sanctified and you don't do that. But you would present a half truth. Which, by the way is a lie. But we we express on the outside what we want everyone to believe lies on the inside. And the whole time we're fighting this 
one thing. How could a man like this ever get to a point of depression to where he wanted God to take his life? Oh man, I'm sure I'm sure he was tired. Out of everything that he was doing, I'm sure he was tired. But if you read a little bit more about Elijah, you find out that it was more depression than it was him being tired. Because he had gotten to the point, he said, God, I'm the only one left. I wonder if there's anybody sitting in here that has said, God, nobody understands me. Or we sit at the house and we go, they don't know what they're talking about because they're not me. They've not been through what I've been through. They don't understand. And then we feel we didn't purpose, purposefully go and seclude ourselves, But we nurtured this thing on the inside for so long that that seed has now come to fruition. See, if you believe a lie long enough, it becomes your truth. Doesn't make it true. But it becomes your truth. Nobody cares. Nobody understands. <laughs> Shoot, I've said this. God, nobody really wants to understand. I've said this. Nobody really wants to understand where I come from, where I am. And if you're not careful, you begin living that out. The Bible says, some of the bigger pre the Bible says, you know, I can't do it like they do it because I can't hoop. But the Bible says that whatever a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. How long will you sit and tell yourself before you fix it? It's not an easy fix. Don't get me wrong. There's no, there's no power pill like I take during preaching. My cough drops. There's no, there's no power pill for that fix. It doesn't just, you can't go to the cupboard and crack a top. Though the doctors may want you to believe that. See, we medi medication, we medicate. We don't heal, we medicate. If I can get you to suppress the feeling, then it's not a problem. The problem is you're still living with that feeling I mean we're dealing with depression 
You can walk and smile and dance and go home and lay and fill your pillow full of tears. No one will ever know, but you will. And Elijah's at this point in his life. God, I am done. I am done. I have done everything that you've asked me to do. And you're still letting people come after me. A powerful word that can cause you to see it. That's a strong word. Because we're dealing from the other side of the street, I want to talk a little bit about where he went. Because in your mind, you would say, well, I would never do that. Man, if I, if I was at the height that he was at, I would have never ran. And I would have never said, God, take my life. I think there was something else in the mind of Elijah that we weren't privy to. It's not spelled out like we want to see it spelled out. Y'all remember when the apostles would go to Jesus and they would say, explain that to me. Because Jesus would always speak parables to the crowds but he would bring the truths to his apostles. He would open that up. He would unveil that. He would let them sit down and eat. He wouldn't just show them the menu. And he said that for reasons. He said because it's not meant for them to know. Can you believe, can you believe that Jesus said it was not meant for the multitudes to know what he was talking about, and he was sent here that all men might be saved through. Well, you want to talk about a God is so multidimensional, he will blow your mind. The one that came to save is the one that's hiding all at the same time. See, y'all don't scratch your head like I I, I kind of scratch. God, I don't get that. Then I have to read into kingdoms for overcomers. But So here with Elijah, I'm going, God, how could a man of such power and anointing ever get to a place to where that he would be so depressed that he would want his life taken from him. And how was it that you were able to pull him out of that? I've done some research on the juniper tree. If you do enough research on it, this juniper tree, as does everything else in the Bible, point to Jesus. So stick with me for a second. Because what you've been dealing with 
and what you've struggled with in your own personal life, God's about to unveil a truth to you that you can use that will help extract you. That you can use We, we all want the miraculous. There's things in our life that God says, I'll add the divinity to humanity if you'll move closer to divinity. So there's times that we, ha- we have to first recognize. And recognizing depression is not easy. Because you, you throw it, man. You... I throw everything back at you. It, you might be able to recognize it in me, but I'm going to blame you if you say it's in me. You don't know where I come. You don't know what I've had to go through. You have no idea. You. First off, I found it that it was odd that Elijah would even come across what the Bible called a lone broom tree or a juniper tree, that it was by itself. If you research the juniper tree, the juniper tree typically grows in groves. It's always more than one. But Elijah came up to a lone broom tree I said okay never really thought about it until I started looking for it these trees grow for about 40 meters high pretty tall tree they expand way out they're known as a monoecious That's the sexuality of a tree, the male and female. It is monoecious. It's all one of itself. It doesn't need another tree to regenerate itself. It produces from itself, by itself. The Greek means one house. So this tree gets all it needs from one place or one house. The tree trunk, it's it's made up of multiple trunks. It's not just one trunk as you would see like an oak tree or a maple tree. This tree grows and forms its trunk out of many trunks. Where unity <laughs> it gains its strength from many. It's the largest tree in the desert.
provides shade for travelers. Keeps them, if you've ever been in the desert, it keeps them protected in sandstorms. The heat. And maybe, maybe not. But could this begin to start looking like that he didn't just happen to come upon a tree? Could this tree have been symbolic in a way and not even a tree at all? Could this have just been a place away from everyone and in and under the presence. I, I don't know. Maybe. You see, this, this tree, it, used, it, it, it's, it is wind-pollinated. It means it, it uses the wind to carry its pollination. If you've read the Bible any, you know that when we speak of wind, we're speaking of the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on, church. I, I truly believe that Elijah, oh, he may have been dealing with something here, but he knew. And he chose to flee. He got out of, he got out of ears distance of those that threatened danger he left his own servant and traveled yet another day from his there's times in our life that when we're dealing with this thing called depression that we need to come away from what maybe the doc now listen i'm hear me man i gotta do this disclaimer all the time because if you don't i'm not telling you not to go to the doctor's I'm not telling you don't take medications. I'm just telling you that sometime medications and doctors ought not be our God. And that shouldn't be the first place that we flee to. It's option. There was just way too many similarities between this tree and Christ for me just to bypass it and walk over it. They both provide the shade from the heat. Man, when life turns up the heat, there's the tree. They both are of different makeups. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They both don't need another to exist. They live within themselves. They, they both provide shelter from storms. They both protect. 
this tree receives all of its nourishments to grow without having to fight for life by having other trees around it pulling from it. God says that besides me, there is <laughs> all the nourishment needed to grow to its fullest potential was at its roots. So leads me to believe that this tree wasn't the average broom tree. It wasn't the average juniper tree. I believe this was a spot. This was a place where Elijah found himself running to because of what he dealt with inside. Oh, he expressed to everybody else that he had it going on. And to everybody else that viewed him from the exterior, man, there was no issue with Elijah. He had it going on. See, what a lot of congregations don't understand, all the pastors, we don't have it all together as much as you might think that we do. The only thing is that you have caught us after the anointing. You've caught us when we've spent time with Daddy. You've caught us when God has anointed our lips and, and has separated our soul that he might be able to use our heart and our mouth to express his love to us. See, you've caught the pastor when he's come out of that time, when he's come out of that place and he knows that he's being sheltered that he knows that he's being protected from the heat you've caught the pastor at the right time and that's why you view things differently but I'm here to tell you that there's many times even your pastor will run looking for the broom tree that's why pastor won't answer your phone call. That's why pastor won't return your text. That's why pastor can't show up to your birthday party. Because pastor's running to a broom tree and he needs to separate himself. And it's just like you. Have you found yourself wanting to separate yourself from other voices in your life? Not because what they're saying is bad or wrong. You just need to get separated because God wants to deal with something. And we've got to allot him that opportunity. We have to allot him that time that he can come in and deal with this anxiety, depression, doesn't mean you're not saved. It means you're dealing with something. doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a defeated person unless you give to it. When you decide to lay down, you're done. That's called quitting. When you decide to get back up, that's called victorious. He lays under this broom tree. The angel comes by. I'll, I'll be Christianized. And he wakes him. He said, Elijah, 
Elijah, I need you to wake up and eat. He fed him twice. The first time he fed him was the journey that he just come from. The second time he fed him was for the journey he had to take. He said, Elijah, get up and eat. Oh, the bread of life. That was being made. It was prepared. A jar of water. A man drinks of this water. He'll never thirst again. He said, Elijah, wake, eat. The word, the bread of life. Come on, people, follow with me for a minute. Whatever it is that you're struggling in in life, if you'll break bread with God himself, he will feed you. He will give you a drink that you won't thirst ever again. But you must recognize where you are. You can't keep sitting in dark places all your life. He said that after he had gotten up, he ran, he ran another 40 days on that second loaf of bread. 40 days, boy, up and gone. And guess what? He found himself in the same place again. All the ebbs and the flows of God's grace and his mercy in the correct timing of our life. The ebb and flow, the in and what we think is the out. The in, he's given you, he's given you food, he's given you energy, he's given you a way, and he wants you to feed on that. See, we get strengthened in those times see if God stayed there with you and hand fed you all the time you would not grow pressure produces resistance resistance produces strength go to the gym tell them like you know it huh So God come and he met with Elijah. He fed him. He gave him drink. Elijah run for 40 days. And he finds himself in a cave. I don't know if you've ever been in a cave or not, but when you get inside of caves, the only thing that you hear is you talking. If you talk, it echoes, echoes, echoes. And if you're in a if you're in a bad state, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. And you keep hearing that, and you keep hearing that, and you keep hearing it. That lie has now become your truth. You can't 
corner yourself in dark places. Even God knew this. God said, Elijah, what are you here for? <laughs> okay, this is Rocky translation, the RDN translation. Not the NLT or the KJV, but this is the RDN translation. Hey, brother, didn't I tell you back there 40 days ago? Did I not feed you enough 40 days ago? Did I not give you drink when you thirsted 40 days ago? Why have you gone back here again? God's grace. See, y'all don't have grace for one another like that. Well, you let somebody slip up two times in the same thing. You're hard-headed. You just ain't going to get it. You'll never be. Oh, this ain't the right crowd. It's the crowd that didn't come, the one that's supposed to heard that. Y'all, because y'all give grace, give grace, give grace, give grace, give grace. It don't matter how many times somebody stump a toe. I, I know, baby. I know, baby girl, how it is. Come on. No. Man. You don't, you don't know what pressure is until you're dealing with Christian people. See, I know what to expect from a sinner. I know what I should expect from a Christian. That's why it makes it so much harder. Because they present themselves. Why are you here again? Step out side the cave. Come out from where, if you will come closer to the light, here again, we're back to the word, because the Bible says that your word shall be a lamp unto my feet and a light. Unto my path. If you'll come out from your dark place and you'll step to the light, if you'll stop listening to yourself and begin to receive the word that I put in you, come on. The Bible said that Elijah stepped to the door of the cave. He went a hundred times further than what we're willing to. He at, he at least got up and walked away from what he was in. He at least made it to a door of opportunity, if you will. And some of you have done the very thing. You've, you've come out halfway. You're, you're at the door. And when, and when you're at the door, you just can't seem to get yourself any further maybe you're still listening for god to be in the wind in the fire in the earthquakes and you're not listening 
Because it wasn't until Elijah heard God's voice that he threw his mantle around his face and he fell on the ground. Just because God doesn't miraculously show up and you wake up the next morning feeling good doesn't mean he's not doing something. What are, what are you listening to? See, we, we hear the Christian stuff. Christianese stuff. Hey, brother, how you feeling today? Well, you know, I was, I was okay yesterday, but, you know, today, well, you know, sometimes God progressively heals, so we hear the Christianese. Whatever a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If I constantly take this truth, because this is the only thing that's true. Everything else is a proposed truth. 90% of it is ideology. (laughs) This is the proposed truth. By his stripes... I am healed. Listen, now I'm not, I am just fanatical enough to believe that God will heal me. I am just fanatical enough. And the last thing I need is somebody to come to me and say, well, you know, there's just some things that, shut up. Let me tell you something. I'll take you to another place in the Bible where it said that Jesus came to the city and healed one of them. He said he healed all that were sick. Don't listen to me. If you're not in this, you're walking a proposed truth, which is actuality, a lie. Now it's becoming your truth. Well, LB, it's just going to take some time for your back to heal. No. Man, what? Yeah, but Pastor, look, I mean, he's still, he's still, I don't care. And you, if they can't tell you that you're healed, to get it inside, of, leave them alone. Tell them to go to Burger King or Wendy's or something. Get, get out of here. Leave me alone. Well, you know, your marriage, it just, some people just weren't meant. To stay married. That's a lie. If you got married, God tells me in the word that he will perfect those things that concern me. So now, you married jacked up, but you know what? God loved you so much. Huh? He did it. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? He'll do it. But as long as you continue living the lie. Man, we've been talking about carrying the ark. Because God's presence was positioned upon the priest. Upon their shoulders. They carried God's presence where they went. 
the reason your marriage ain't working out is because you're not carrying God into it. See, you don't, don't want to hear me today. We, we blame everything and everybody for our problem. And the whole time you're doing your thing on the outside of God's presence and expecting him to bless it. And God said that when you build the tabernacle and do it, see, I'm giving y'all some stuff for wins. If you do it all the right way, if you do it the way that I have designed it for you, then there I'll meet with you. I'm not, I'm not going to meet with you over there in your stuff. He said, I inhabit the praises of my people. Well, pastor, it's hard to praise when you're depressed. I get it. And listen, I'm not talking. I'm talking to you from my side of the street in depression, so I can tell you. I'm not talking to you from a textbook. I'm talking to you from life book. Looking at blank computer screens, shades pulled in the dark. Sun up to sundown. Ain't nobody talking to me but me. In my little cave, in my dark, can't find a job. Oh, you want to strip a man of his manhood? Tell a man he can't get work. Tell a man that he can't supply for his family. Not because it wasn't trying. 115, 116 resumes, job applications, and interviews all combined and still not getting work. Don't tell me I didn't try. You can't come to me with that. I had a responsibility as a father and as a husband. But when I wasn't able to get, and I was saved. Uh-oh. I was saved. I was going to church. We was in ministry. Huh? In ministry, serving God every Wednesday, every Sunday, Pretty much every Thursday, almost every Saturday, almost every other Tuesday, we were in church. If the doors opened and something was happening, we were there. Whether it was for us, for her, for me, for our kids, we were there every time. And they'll vouch. So it wasn't, see, you can't, you cannot allow someone to tell you, well, if you believed God more, then this would shut up. God said, you're going to have tribulations. You're going to face them. Just don't worry about it. I overcome the world, so you ain't got to stress that. I'm not going to let the fire consume you. not going to let the water over Oh, you might have to go through a storm. You might have to grab what piece you have left of the ship and make it to dry ground. But I promise you, you're going and everybody, oh, he said, and everybody with you. Nobody will perish in this crash. Nobody will perish. And everybody went to the shore off of a promise to the prophet, to the apostle. My family still made it. Cutting hot dogs, we still made it. Huh? Tithing on $300. Right? 
Oh, see, that doesn't mean a whole lot to you at that point. But there was a time we was tithing on eighteen and twenty thousand dollars. Leaving. He said, test me and see if I won't. He said, I'll protect your 90%. I'm going to get, man, we're all over the spectrum this morning, aren't we? But see, this is all about coming to God and all about putting your faith in the one that loves you no matter what. Uncircumstantial love doesn't matter. If you fail him, he still loves you. If you fail him again, he still loves you. You fail him again, he still loves you. All he's asking is that you don't give up on him. What could have happened to Elijah if he would have just stayed where he was? What if he would have never gotten up? you doing here I'm the only one left I've done this I've done come on Christian I've done this and I've done that and I've done this and ain't it ain't just I just and he said what I preserved 7,000 that didn't bow their knee to Baal what you going through you ain't the only one, baby. Somebody else that walked that road too. Bible said, y'all get tired of hearing that in a minute. Bible said, ain't nothing new under the sun. So whatever it is that is causing your life to fluctuate, somebody else done been there. And matter of fact, somebody sitting right beside you that's gone through a rougher fluctuation than you're going through right now. Oh, say it ain't so, Pastor. It's so. There's only, and because this is we're 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 smaller this morning, and we're not live, and I'm not sure we're going live on this one. People at the church, if you want to get somebody a CD or something, you can get one. This ain't going live. If you want need to give somebody this, you give it to them. This is for us, because I want you to understand something. You think just because you see a pastor up here and preach, everything's cool? Listen, you're seeing the effects of an anointing that only God can bring me. I got an opportunity just like you, just like you, just like you, to run. But I made a choice. This is something the church doesn't have anymore. I made a choice to commit myself. Commit just like Jesus did. If Jesus can commit, I can commit. Oh, no, wait a minute, blasphemy. You better be here on Wednesdays so that you understand something a little deeper and quit thinking that Jesus was just God walking around in the flesh. He was fully man, fully fallible. He chose not to fail. See, you don't like hear it preaching either. Because, see, you've the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now abides in you. And it's the same spirit that caused you not to be a slave to sin, which means 
that if you would think this thing, uh uh-oh, that you would walk by faith and not by sight, and that you would go and that you would serve the Lord with your mind and renew your mind daily by the reading of the Word, you too could walk. No, there ain't, there ain't never been but one perfect man. There can't be but one perfect man. I, hang on a minute. Hold on a minute. He was perfect in humanity. He was perfect in divinity. And he was perfect in a sacrifice, meaning he laid his own life down and he raised again. That doesn't make you like Christ if you walk a sinless life. Because your blood is not going to save the world. See, he came. How long do you want to continuously live in excuses? Hard word. It's not reason. It's excuse. Because we'll agree that Elijah was just as much of a man as we are, right? He wasn't born of a virgin, and okay? So we would agree on that, right? And Elijah went through something in his life that many of us, if we're not experiencing now, we have experienced and we're trying to come out. He came out. Did he do it right the first time? No, he went back in the cave. Did he do it right the second time? I don't know, but I still see God's grace involved because after that, it was shortly thereafter that he walked by Elijah and said, huh, that might have that been the sign. Brother, I can't do it like it's no more. You. Huh? And God's grace intervened yet again in his life. God didn't hold. Matter of fact, God loved him even more that he attempted to come out. Because he took him up in a chariot. How many people was taken alive to heaven? Ain't it? Elijah. He was taken up in a chariot of fire. Not really in a chariot of fire. You have to read that. The chariot of fire just divided Elisha and Elijah. It was the whirlwind that took him up. You got to read. You can't just read. You got to read. But God loved him so much, even after his second failure. He said, listen, you have accomplished my purpose for you. Come home. You'll never accomplish your purpose in God if you sit in the cave. If you won't wake up and eat. 
you won't wake up and drink. It's hard to challenge self, isn't it? But pastor, nobody looks at me the way they look at you. No, you know, let me tell you what that is. That's called self-esteem. And until you can esteem yourself at a certain level, don't expect me to. You know how hard it is to look at people and know they got something in them and they don't know it? I want for you more than you want for yourself. Because I see it in you. Week after week. Week after week. Week after week. I see something in you. But you don't see it in you. Now, now your ministry may not be holding the mic and lights and and feeding 5,000 people with a couple loaves and fish, but what is your call? What is your purpose? Well, Pastor, I don't know what my purpose is. And he's only told me one thing so far outside of your generated purpose. It's to praise and worship him. That, Listen, I believe this. If you can't perfect that purpose, how can he trust you to perfect? See, we can't praise him in the storm because it's the storm. You've gone to college, You've sat in cemetery, seminary, you, you, you've went through all these things. And, and what you get to do now is you get to walk this life with a backpack full of accolades that do not benefit the kingdom because you are not interested in praising him because life's too hard on you. Well, Pastor, you don't know. Oh, you'd be surprised what I know. You'd be surprised what I know and don't tell you. I don't say a whole lot. Probably scare some of you and you go, I ain't going back. God's trying to give you an opportunity to come out of what you're in. And I, I don't know if this is for one or for two or for three or for all. I knew it was for one. I know it's for one. How you know that? I know it's for one. Listen, if you, you don't apply a word to your life, how do you expect to change? You know, God, they don't want to hear this message. I don't even know what. You don't worry about it. I'll set it up. Okay. We all fight with something internally. It may not be depression. It may not be depression, but I know that this is uh, this is arrowheaded 
spearheaded towards that. But you fight with something, low self-esteem. You, you, you're fighting with something. Only you know what you're dealing with. Because you, you put on the facade to me, I don't know. And I can't help what I don't know. But how long are you going to walk your life? Bishop Miller put out a thing the other day, something about the success and, and how that will lead for you to, I forgot the exact words on it. I threw it up on Facebook. But I, I went, wow. Because what do we do in life? We chase success. And success isn't what you think success is, even after you get there. So you can keep chasing, and you can achieve what you think you achieve, and yet you will still find yourself lonely, unfulfilled. You may even find depression. Look at all the millionaires that's committed suicide. Shoot, Michael Jackson, he, he killed himself just because of sleep. I just want to sleep. Imagine going to bed with that in your mind. If I kill myself, I'll sleep. Truth or lie? He was living a lie. I ain't condemned his heart to heaven or hell. It's not my place to judge that. I'm just telling you what he did. Well, Pastor, you know how you... Be careful. I was telling somebody not long ago, the last sense on a man's body to leave is his hearing. You think it's happenstance? Or do you think that's because Jesus leans down one more time and says to you on the way out, how about now? See, the Bible says you have to believe it in your heart. Everybody else ain't got, you don't have to convince somebody else. The Bible said, <laughs> oh, if you just believe it in your heart. And man, we so quick, we so quick, we put people on the express to hell. Because they don't live the life that we live. And I'd be scared that some of them live the life that some of us live because we live a self-righteous life. See, you got the head of the line privileges for hell because now you've looked at God and said, your son, that's self-righteousness because we're righteous in him. He made us righteous. And the moment that you think you make yourself righteous, you've discarded the body and the blood of Christ. You've spit in the face of grace and you stand at hell's gate. You got your own passcode. I mean, I say it in a funny way. I'm just telling, we better believe what we walk in. Have no idea what songs he picked for praise and worship, but I'm just telling you I'm done. If you're struggling, if you're struggling with something, 
now's the time. Listen, stop, stop being so arrogant. Because that's what it is. It's, it's arrogance. When you have a word that will break you free, you choose not to apply it or to allow it to penetrate, and you walk out with the same condition without approaching anything that's going to bring resolution to it, it's arrogance. You're basically saying that God can't do it. Does that mean it's going to get fixed right now? I don't know. Why don't you ask him? He's God, not me. All I can do, give you word, pray for you, do what I'm supposed to do. I can't take that burden home too. So if I lay hands on you, you ain't healed, don't you... Mm-mm. You take it up with daddy. He's the healer, not, not the preacher. So let's get into praise and worship. Now listen, don't forget your tithes and offerings, okay? That's part of your praise and worship. Y'all know how we do this. And I do want you to understand something, that God said, if you'll try me in this, see that I won't open up the windows of heaven. And pour out a blessing on it you can't contain. He said that he'll make men come back, pour into your bosom, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's what that's what Daddy said. We have to trust him in that. I have to trust him in that. I mean, this is just what we do. We offer up a little piece and say, "Here, God, you didn't ask for all of it." You asked for this much. I'm going to give you this much. Show me what you're working with. And he said, I'm going to handle you 90% as if it occurred. Okay. Two minutes, okay? Give me two minutes. When we talk about tithing, God says that I will rebuke the devourer. Okay? See, y'all, you don't want to hear this because this, this challenges you in, in the heart because God attached your heart to your money. Just read the Bible. He says, I'll rebuke the devourer. What does that mean to me? That means to me, if I will be diligent in giving the percentage to him, and I've heard it preached, if you don't have 10%, give five. That's a lie. That's false gospel. God did not say, if you didn't have 10%, give 3%. He God said, give me 10%, and I will rebuke the devourer. That means you won't be walking around with holes in your pocketbook. Read your Bible. That's in there, too. You just walk around. Man, it's payday on Friday. By Tuesday, you broke. There were times we would struggle. And I said, I need to see the checkbook. I need to see where we're writing our money to. She'll tell you, I want, and I'd go through, and I'd go, wow, that Walmart, Walmart. <laughs> and she'd go, there's a time to check it into the church. And I'd say, oh, okay, all right, I'm just checking. I don't care how much you spend, but we better give our first to God. He said he'll rebuke the devourer, so that means that he will protect me from the enemy. He he said that to me. I will protect you from the enemy. And we've watched it. 
we've what this is why I'm passionate. I just don't teach and preach on this because I don't want to get y'all worked up. Because you get worked up and you write me bad notes and you'll leave and you'll you don't know what conditions I live in. You you had no idea what conditions I lived in, putting sheets up in archways to keep one room heated because our heat was off. But I still pay. Come on, talk about it. See. You don't know. Listen, this is why it's so important the other side of the street. Be careful. You don't know what it took to get me where I am. You have no clue. Getting a phone call in the midst of losing jobs and going, baby, they took the Jeep. Oh, what? (laughs) No, they can't do it like that. They have to wait one, two, they have to wait three months, and they have to do that. They can't do it this way because, see, I worked in that industry, so I kind of understood. But they seen equity. They went, oh, no, he don't owe but a little bit. We can make some money off. They'll go get it right now. They went, beep, beep, who got the keys to the Jeep? <laughs> you don't know where I come from. You don't know what I've had to face. But in the face of it. Y'all heard that song, I Raise a Hallelujah? You know, you know the reason why that song was written? It was written at the moment the man that's singing the song, his son was dying. And he wrote the song. I'll raise a hallelujah. What? Right there in the face of that? Well, don't tell me God won't do it. All we, have, we do our part. I, pro, I can promise you that his word will never fail, ever. It has to, if he said it, it has to come to pass. It has to. If it, listen, if it doesn't, it makes him a liar. And he said, I, I can't lie. If I call it purple, it's purple. He can't lie. Let every man be a liar. Man, do we really trust God and who we are in Him? Or are we just doing this just because it's something to do on a Sunday? Because you're bored and you have nothing else to do in your life. I mean, I would hate to think that this is all that you had to do in your life was just go and sit for an hour and listen to me talk. What a boring life you got. But if you came ushering in God's presence, expecting God to fulfill something in your life, then boy, let's do it. Let's stop playing with it. Let's do it. God can multiply in your life and in your home above and beyond anything that you can expect. I tell him all the time, you pick the crazy one to come and challenge your word because I do it. He said that he, he can do exceedingly above and beyond anything that I can think, dream, or imagine. That, I was the wrong guy because my dream, <laughs> my dream's huge. My dreams, you and yeah, it's not all about eternity. I got dreams here too because the Bible tells. See, oh, the Bible tells me that whatever a man will sacrifice for his name's sake or the kingdom's sake in this life is. I'm just telling you what Scripture says. If you'll sacrifice for his name's sake or the kingdom's sake in this life, he'll return a hundredfold. Do you know what a hundredfold is? I don't give a hundred and give a hundred back. That's not, that's not the way to see. You don't understand. Listen to me, guys. 
Man, if you'll get into the Word and you will actually apply this Word to your ever-living walk, I promise you that God will bless you. He, can, he can't not bless you. And if He doesn't bless you, come and get me. Because I'm serving the wrong God. You've got to believe that. I wake up every morning with brand new mercy. Brand new, not leftover, not goodwill. It's not yard sale marked down. This is brand new mercy, all 100%. Because he knew that I was going to need it by the end of the day. <laughs> he knew it. Rocky, you're going to burn up 60% of this in the next hour. <laughs> he didn't want me starting in the negative. I think I'd rather do Sundays like this every Sunday now. You have something that God wants. Pastor, all I have is pain. Right? He wants it. He said, take my yoke. Learn from me. I... Just come alongside me and I'm going to take the weight from you. All right, enough. We'll get into praise and worship. And I want you to use this praise and worship time. Use it, use it in a manner that we should. It's not just a song. It's not just somebody playing something. If you'll some 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 of these songs, man, have got that have got words that want to make me go straight through the ceiling. But we're to use praise and worship to love Him. You're not singing for somebody to hear you beside you because some of them can't carry tunes just like me. Last thing we want to do is sing beside somebody. It ain't about somebody hearing you. Whether you're on tune or off tune, man, this is about singing to daddy. Have any of you ever that have children, have any of you ever turned one of your children away that would come up and they learn a new song or something? They sing, and Lord help that blessed little heart. Boy, they ah, scream and squall, sound like cat. And you never turned them away, did you? Man, you loved that thing and it was just as beautiful. That's the way daddy is. He just wants to hear your voice. So let's use this time as we bring our tithes and offerings and let's use this worship to just talk to daddy today. Love on him. Let him know. Daddy, I do. I've got an issue. But first and foremost, I want to love you for who you are. Because if I seek you first, like the Bible says, Everything else will be added to me. That means my health, my money, my marriage, my life, my emotions, my mind.